0: Just a quick heads up for sensitive listeners, we kind of cussed a lot in this episode. There's some strong language, so just be aware.
1: This is the War on Cars the podcast about the terrible ways in which drivers, but mostly men, treat people, but mostly women. I am here with my co-hosts, Aaron Napperstek and Sarah Goodyear. What's up? How's it going? Uh, you
2: know, yes, here we are. We're actually here. We're looking at each other, real life. It's a good thing.
1: We're in the studio again, and we are not alone. We have a special guest, Jessica Valenti. Hello. If you don't know Jessica, she is an awesome writer. She's written a bunch of books. She is the founder of the blog Feministing.com, real pioneering blog. Uh, She's written for the New York Times, the Atlantic, the Guardian. She is also a Brooklynite and a newly radicalized e-bike mom, which we're going to get to
0: in a little bit. Welcome to the War on Cars, Jessica Valenti.
2: Thank you. But before we get to that, let's have a word from our sponsor.
0: Starting right now. It's Cleverhood's fall sale, and we have a brand new discount code for War on Cars listeners. Cleverhood makes rain gear for people who walk and ride bicycles. It's stylish and functional, looks great, keeps you dry, and your money is well spent. Cleverhood supports environmentally friendly manufacturing, fair labor practices, and small suppliers. and For every Rover Cape they sell, Cleverhood donates 5% of revenue to local advocacy groups working to create safer more equitable streets. So for 20% off on a Rover Cape and lots of other great products, go to cleverhood.com slash war on cars. Enter coupon code ban cars when you check out. Fall sale runs through November 1st. Again, that's cleverhood.com slash war on cars. Coupon code ban cars. Good through November 1st.
1: Okay, so welcome, Jessica, to the war on cars. We're glad to have you here.
3: I'm so glad to be here.
1: I want to talk about your path to radicalization. <laughs> sure. <laughs> not not as a feminist, but as an as an e-bike rider in They're New connected, York City. Though. Yes, they are connected. We're gonna talk about that. But so it began as I think a lot of things do these days with a tweet. And I wanna run through this and we're gonna Okay. We're going to I'm a
3: little afraid because I don't remember all of my tweets.
1: You didn't say anything bad. <laughs> okay. Okay, don't worry about
3: I it. I usually do, so that's nice to hear.
1: Yeah. Okay, so August first, twenty twenty. You respond to Jamel Bowie, the New York Times columnist and former guest on The War on Cars, friend of the podcast. He had tweeted that his e-bike had changed his life. And you asked a question. You wrote, how is it different from riding a bike? Andrew, which is your husband, mm-hmm. doesn't want me to get a Vespa because I might be slightly accident prone. You wrote, you <laughs> So this might be a good compromise. Do you remember writing
3: this? I do. I do because that has been like a long-standing fight with Andrew and I because before we met I had a scooter and I also didn't have health insurance at the time and may have crashed and may have fractured my hip and, oh, and, oh, got, gosh. and gotten really messed up and, you know, just hurt myself walking around the house generally. So it, <laughs> it seems like a bad idea.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, so then August 5th, mm. four days later, you tweet, Twitter convinced me to get an electric bike, and now I have to wait till October for it to get here.
3: Yeah. It yeah. took forever.
1: The supply chain is real, yeah, real issue. I, the
3: pandemic,
2: yeah. So, so people were really like, oh yeah, you have to get an e-bike? I mean... The-
3: yeah, every You know, I think what ended up convincing me was, was two things. One were the parents on Twitter who were just like, it's amazing for dropping off, picking up, it just makes everything so much easier. Um, and... Just the the someone said it. Maybe it was Lauren Bruce, who who was a feminist blogger as well, who said it changed her relationship with the city, mm. mm-hmm. right? And I've always grown up in New York. I'm a third generation New Yorker, and I was like, oh, I like the sound of that, right? Like, and so it convinced me. Mm. But it did. It took forever. Well,
1: then, just a couple months later, <laughs> this is really where we see the path to radicalization <laughs> forming. Uh, <laughs> November twenty first, you write. Finally, got our Rad Runner electric bike today and figuring I'll crash it by tomorrow. Okay, so it was November. It was November. It
3: was a little late. Okay. So, so
1: not solving the safety problem.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: But assuming you hadn't ridden it at that point, you I just got. I had not,
3: it. no, I had not ridden it, but I was assuming that it was going to be like very, like, scooter like, right? Like, And also, I just don't trust myself. Right. In general, <laughs>
1: with all anything right.
3: that requires coordination. So,
1: so then a week later, you right. Not only have I not crashed, I am having (laughs) the best. Time thanks to all who recommended. So it's great, positive. Yeah, you're having it's a good time. So much fun. Right? It's so it's much fun.
2: So much fun. Like it's so it's like having a superpower. Like riding yeah. any bike, it's like all of a sudden you're like, yeah. oh wow, I'm I'm super strong. I'm super uh-huh.
3: competent. <laughs> no, absolutely. And it just felt like being a kid again. I'm just like, oh I'm right. You know, like thinking about riding my bike around the block in Long Island City where I was growing up, right? Like it was just like a very nice, especially during the pandemic, right? Like when you just felt so stuck, yeah. yeah Um. it was a very nice spring feeling, yeah,
1: okay, <laughs> so now
2: <laughs>
3: oh, oh God we're
1: continuing, no, it gets it's, it gets even better
3: okay,
1: uh, December sixteenth, mm. 2020, you say, I have to say, getting an e-bike has been a total game changer, but now it's too cold, and I really can't wait until spring, yeah so th- the thing that I noticed about this was like anytime you you tweet about Like, oh, I can't bike because it's too cold Mm -hmm. or whatever. You get like a thousand reply guys telling you why you should be comfortable with this. Right. It was like,
3: oh, yeah, it was like, and these and like sometimes I'll ask for advice on like, you know, I want a warmer jacket to bike in or like some gloves or whatever. But there's definitely like that. It's fine. And I think you already get that with e-bikes in general. Like, it's not a real bike. You're not really biking. And yeah, so that's a little annoying, but I'm just like, no, I want to be comfortable. I'm not trying to, like, suffer <laughs> outside. <laughs> right, I'm trying right, to, right. like, reduce my suffering. That was part of the point.
2: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point, that there's this idea that that you should take whatever suffering comes along with biking. Mm-hmm. Like, the, this idea that biking is supposed to be painful or Puritan, some kind it's of a more, sacrifice. It's more authentic yeah. if you're
0: suffering.
1: Exactly.
2: Right. It's just the same Puritan bullshit right. that has ruined our nation.
3: And there's like a real machismo to it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're not a
1: pure cyclist unless you're grinding up on one gear in the worst conditions, like on a gravel road somewhere. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. And especially as a woman, you get this kind of attitude quite a bit. And also like, if you're like me, I'm, I think that for a lot of my life, I felt like I had to prove what a badass I was Mm -hmm. on a bike and like, you know, yeah, I'm wearing a dress, but I'm passing you on the hill, you motherfucker. And like, whatever. It's like, that's a stupid way to be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, do you remember like why it was a game changer? Like what that what the feeling was or what made you think that?
3: It was definitely a huge part of it was my kid right? And, and getting to spend time with her in a different way and getting to bring her to different places because, you know, she's younger, she's unvaccinated. I'm not bringing her on the subway right now. It, so just like the ability, the freedom of movement that it allowed me with her was pretty fantastic.
0: And she's um, how old again?
3: She's 11. Yeah. And and it did change my relationship to the city and to Brooklyn and where I went and how I got there. And it it just really changed my day to day. Right. And again, during the pandemic, when your day to day was sort of shit, it was really nice <laughs> yeah. to have something to look forward to. It's like, oh, like yeah, I have to like go to this meeting in the park or whatever, but it's going to be fun getting there. Like right. it was
1: the time savings, I think, too, with kids yeah. is incredible. you're always on time. Yes. You can leave really late and you don't have to worry yeah. about, oh, we're going to miss the bus or whatever. Yeah, that's really one of my favorite parts about the bike or the e-bike.
3: Yeah. And I look like a cool mom. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like rolling up, and I'm like hop on the back, you accessory. know. Yeah, yeah. especially because yeah. you
1: have those mittens that everybody recommended. <laughs> <on the show. laughs> right.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. So so eventually it it became spring again, mm-hmm. and um and you got back on the bike, and uh, it was May 18th of 2021. You uh-huh. tweeted, "Never in my life did I think I'd become a bike person." But my e-bike has literally changed my life. Can't <laughs> recommend enough. Yeah, you're like. I don't an think you were getting. No. I don't think you were getting
3: paid yeah. for this. No, no, and- <laughs> they should. Where's my free bike? You exactly. are. You are now what they
1: call an avid cyclist at this point. Yeah, yeah, oh gosh. yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Okay, but then things take a turn. So May twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. Uh, so about a week later, yeah. You tweet, your first tweet. Mm. Thought I had reached peak road rage as a driver. (laughs) But now that I'm on a bike, I have ascended
1: (laughs) (laughs) with asterisks. (laughs) Emphasis on ascended. Yes.
0: And then a second tweet, double parked in a bike lane, be ready to get screamed at. Swerve towards me without looking. I will kick your car. (laughs) This is who I was always meant to be. So it, the true. radicalization is complete. <laughs> it's, true. it's complete.
1: You it's have true. joined the war on cars.
3: It really it really brought out my best and and worst self. So <laughs> is this
0: your best or your worst? I'm not
1: sure. It's a,
3: it's a little bit of both, right? Because like that's the sort of behavior I always wanted to emit into the world, but didn't have a fast getaway. And now I do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now you can't catch me. Um no, I just I got. You know, it's like you—you you really do. You see the world in the streets in a whole new light, and you, you can see all the dumb-ass things people are doing, and it's really infuriating. And it's doubly infuriating as a woman because all this, like, there's like these weird microaggressions on the road too with male drivers.
2: Yeah, and uh, that's that's funny that you talk about the getaway aspect oh, because, no. especially as a woman. I feel like that is one of the the amazing things about being on a bike as a 100%. woman is that you can be in that situation that is so uncomfortable mm-hmm. and a guy is saying something to you yep. and and you can just ride away yeah. and it's like <laughs> such an amazing feeling and actually Beyonce talked about this Really? Yes, she did way back in 2009. Because actually, Beyonce does ride a bike. She is a cyclist. Because yeah. you know, of course she, of course does, she does. Right? <laughs> exactly. And she said, "It's amazing how I'm able to ride around on a bike. People kind of see it's me, but since I'm on a bike, they think now it's not her. <laughs> and by the time they realize it's me." I'm already gone. I'm gone. It's great to do something normal every day. It keeps me grounded. But like, cool. I love that idea of Beyonce being able to yeah. to move through the world right. with more freedom because she's on a bike. Like even Beyonce yeah. can feel that freedom. It's yeah. so cool.
3: I think that's exactly right. That like ability to just like remove myself from a situation and also like react to a situation how I actually want to react without all these negotiations in my head about, safety and like the situation i'm in and where i'm at and who's there it's like no i can just like put on the throttle and i'm right the fuck out of there and it's fine <laughs> um yeah it was pretty it was pretty great and i like being angry you know <laughs> it's, it's sort of like part of my pro- my professional thing so
1: do you worked out. have you ever experienced harassment from other cyclists because i feel like sometimes mm-hmm. women you know men on bikes there's a lot of mansplaining. Your seat's too low or mm-hmm. you're going too slow. Pull over, that kind of stuff. So that changes the equation that you're talking about. Have you ever experienced that?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, just the, both like while riding a lot of like aggressiveness. Like if I'm just like enjoying myself, like not going super fast. There's a lot of like grumbling as, as I get past. Um, or because I have like a cargo bike, it's super Heavy, right? And I live like a little bit. I, I'm we're on the first floor, but there's a bit of a stoop, and so like I'm lifting the bike, and every single time I'm lifting the bike, like, oh, can I help you with that? Are you okay? That looks really heavy. Like you're gonna hurt it. Is is it gonna be okay? I'm like, it's it's really fine. It's okay. Um, yeah. So that gets a little old. Yeah. But I mean, one of the nice things about I think getting older and and being in my 40s is like men in general are either like, don't see me or a little bit afraid of me. And that's sort of nice. (laughs) So that, you know, so that combined with like the the getaway um, spirit is pretty great. That's great.
2: One of the things that we wanted to talk about actually was that there's a history of bikes Mm -hmm. being feminist vehicles. When bikes came in, you know, in the late 19th and early 20th century, women did start adopting them as, you know, just right. a way to move around in the world that they had not had access to before. And it actually became kind of a scandal. And it was was considered... it really to
3: pants-wearing, too? Well, yes, right. and, right. it encouraged,
2: yeah. encouraged pants-wearing, yeah. and it was kind of this virtuous circle.
3: You know it's very funny? There's someone posted a TikTok of, a, like, a preacher in present day who literally went on a rant about society started to go down when women started to wear Pants, right? Uh, yeah, because they have more freedom of movement, and mm-hmm. because they're not sitting ladylike, right? And like, so there is this real desire to constrain, right? Like, right. not just physically in your own body and physical space, but moving around the world.
2: Yeah, the movement to wear pants instead of dresses was called the rational dress movement. I love that. And yeah, that. I actually really and and it was very, you oh. know synergistic with bicycles. And and actually, even Susan B. Anthony talked really? about this. Yeah, she, she said, let me tell you what I think of bicycling. I think it has done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. It gives women a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. I stand and rejoice every time I see a woman ride by on a wheel. I love that. The picture of free, untrammeled womanhood. I love that. And right and it's like it does give a woman a kind of agency and like parity mm-hmm. on the street. Like suddenly yeah. you are you have to be contended with mm-hmm. in a way that on foot definitely not public transport yeah. definitely not, you know, you just are less vulnerable
3: and people have to reckon with you. I think that's right. And when you said public transport, I was just thinking about, um, you know, my experience growing up in New York and taking the subway and I wrote about this in one of my books, like public transportation was a nightmare as like a young woman, as a teenager, like you're getting flashed, you're getting groped, like your people are saying disgusting things to you. There is a real freedom there. And then the other thing for me, honestly, like outside of this very like these very serious ideas is that it just like allows some play, right? Which I don't think women are have a lot of access to, also, and that's been really nice. And it's been really nice. Like I want my kid to see me having fun, on a bike, right? Like I want her to like that I'm not just like mm, like trudging along, picking her up, dropping her off, but like that we're having some fun and we're going fast and we're gonna go to the park, like. I was going to say
1: the other part of the history there, right, is that before bicycles, women were often chaperoned, right? Yes. Mm. So, like they were, if horse and buggy times, a man right. would have to accompany them. They couldn't be alone with a single man, and so they would be chaperoned. And the bicycle allowed them, literally one seat, get on right. it, go, and you could Just go a wherever you wanted. Couple and,
3: moments of silence. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just some nights nice alone time. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes.
2: And then after your alone time, you could go have an assignation with whom with whomever <laughs> you wanted. There you yes. Go. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested, too, and in like, what you were saying about how it changes your relationship to the city. I, mm-hmm. I Like, if you could talk a little bit more about that, like, especially as a lifetime New Yorker, like, how has it allowed you to see and use the city in a way you haven't before?
3: Well, my only, like, relationship with getting around the city, you know, I started taking the subway when I was 10, maybe, like, 10, 11. Um, and that's, how I got places. And I went to school in Manhattan, but like lived in Queens and my friends were in Brooklyn and this. And so like that's how I got everywhere. My parents didn't ride bikes, like they drove sometimes. Um and so it never like that is where I went. I went places where I could get to on the subway. Right. And so the ability <laughs> to be up it's like, oh actually like I can go to this random place that I would normally be like, oh no, like it's a you know 15-minute walk from the subway. I'm not gonna do that. That's been really nice that I'm seeing places I wouldn't normally see. Again, I've lived here my whole life, right? Right. And it's like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm going to bike to Long Island City where I used to live. And, like, that is not something I ever would, like, think to do on the subway because why would I? Right. So it's been sort of great. And I want that for my kid, too. She has yet to, like, learn how to ride a bike. She's a little bit afraid. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, Mom, like, broken kids ride scooters and roller skates. Like, quit <laughs> it. True and it's it. true. It's yeah. it's very true. But she's getting big enough now. Like, she's almost five feet. And, like, it does look like we're two full-grown women <laughs> riding a bike together. And I'm like, no, you're going to have to do this. And I do want that for her so she can sort of, like, honestly avoid the subway sometimes and avoid some of that, like, harassment. Um that does feel like a very big part of growing up in New York, right? Like it's a it's a rite of passage for oh, a lot yeah. of girls and young women and I would love for her to be able to skip out on as much of that as possible. Yeah,
2: I grew up here too, so I totally get it and it's it's oppressive and it's hard when you're older and you're you know, you're free of it finally mm-hmm. to walk down the street or to be on the subway and to see young women and girls experiencing it it's it's just so enraging and so scary and i just it makes me so angry
3: it's really really upset i mean we my daughter just turned 11 when she was 10 her um babysitter came home one day and was like oh you know like what do you want me to do when like people say stuff you know men say stuff on the street i was like you mean when like men sexually harass you and she's like no when they say stuff to layla she was 10 freaking gross right and then you start to pay attention and you start to notice it. You start to notice the way men look at her. I was on the subway one time and I could see the way that this guy had his phone angled was exactly at my kid. And it's like, I'm 97% sure that's the case, but not a hundred percent. And so I'm not gonna like physically attack him right. like I would like to. So I like reposition myself and in front of him and in between them. And you're just like, yeah, like this is a thing that's going to continue to happen and be a part of her life the way it was mine. And we don't have that many options for how we can reduce that. I, and I almost think of it as like if I can teach her to ride a bike and have this different way of getting around the city, I almost think of it like harm reduction, right? Like it's a way to, to live where you don't have to feel trapped in that situation because you really do like you're on a subway car and you are trapped in that moment with whatever is going on.
0: Yeah. Do, you, yeah. do you feel it? all though? Like in some ways you're trading one, you know, one mm-hmm. kind of risk and harm for another. It's like you're sure. avoiding all that subway stuff, but yeah. now it's like you're on a bike with a kid in traffic, which of course, yeah. like when, when my kids were younger, that was always the thing that, I mean, I was pretty stressed out about that for a while
3: no, I'm very stressed out about it. I mean, I definitely, um, anytime I'm taking her anywhere, I'm like on Google maps. I'm like, okay, like, where am I going to be? And like, can I get around like Atlantic and like, you know, yeah, it, it scares me, but I have more trust in my own ability, right. Um, than the goodness of, of, people around my daughter when I'm not there, honestly, right? right? Um, And that's been one of the nice things about having an e-bike is I do feel like the the ability to like move quickly when i want to and get out of like a dangerous traffic situation has been really nice and given me a lot of you know it just made me feel better it's about it it's like the you do thing. have
0: more control yeah. out there than i think people sometimes realize who don't bike it's like you can actually pull over to the side if the situation right. is dangerous you can like get away if you have an e-bike it's
3: right no and like when she's on like i'm going pretty slow like we're not speeding anyway you know what i mean like we're really taking her sweet time and making a, a thing of it. But yeah, of course, of course I get nervous. My mother, when she heard that like Layla was gonna be on the back of this bike, she's like, I don't wanna hear about it. <laughs> like, because, yeah. to her, you know, be, everyone sees it, like people on bikes get in accidents and cars hit them and it's scary. Um, but honestly, my kid has almost gotten hit by cars like along Court Street, like by just walking. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, I'm more afraid of her getting a, hit by a car walking than I am biking.
2: And then also, like, you have, for your career, the whole idea of women, especially women, Mm. reclaiming public space. Yeah, You have an activist attitude toward being in
3: public space kind
2: of to begin with. And I feel like biking really fits with that.
3: Absolutely. Like, I do. It's really interesting when... um, My last book, Sex Object, came out, and there was this whole thing about, like, the subways and being harassed. I got so many emails or, or, like, being harassed on the street that's like, "Mm, like, well, why would you take the subway when you're 11 or why would you go out? It's like people have a right to be on the street. People have a right to, like, walk down the street and be safe. Like, this is not some controversial idea. And I feel the same way about biking and and her safety, right? Like, she needs to be allowed to, like – ride along the street or ride on the subway or get around her city that she lives in and was born in and is entitled to walk around in any way she wants to.
2: Right. It's like it's like the whole thing of like, oh well, women need to dress modestly mm-hmm. because men can't control themselves. I feel oh, yeah. like the parallel is like, oh well you, you shouldn't bike because, you know, people who drive just can't control themselves. You know, right, it's right. like the same vibe.
0: Well, there's another parallel too, which is that whole thing of like was the cyclist who got hit by a car wearing mm. a helmet you right know, That exactly. kind of like was the woman who got right. harassed on the street wearing a tiny skirt or yeah. something
2: for me, it's really that every person, no matter what they look like, what their gender is, deserves to be able to use public space. That's mm-hmm. the na- that is the the bedrock. That is what makes public space public. And you should be able to move through yeah. it in a way that's convenient and safe and fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, have you ever
1: experienced, I think some of the harassment that drivers throw at cyclists mm-hmm. can be very gendered. Like mm-hmm. I have been called, and we all have probably, like very homophobic <laughs> language. Sure. Yeah. When you know, There's something like, there's mm-hmm. this power dynamic that they're in a big, strong truck and I'm like... This effeminate yeah. dude on his on his bike, you know. So that happens quite a lot. I mean, yes, yeah, you can escape from it pretty quick, but it's just it seems like drivers are very quick to go to, especially homophobic yeah. language.
3: The thing I've gotten that I've noticed most often is in those situations where, and it happens very often, where I'm just passing cars, right? Like, and I'm going faster than a guy. Like, and I can see the guy is really pissed off that I just went. Faster that he like really aggressively tries to catch up with me. <laughs> so nuts. Um, I was like, what? Like, is your problem? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, like, you can also choose to to get a bike or get out of your car. But yeah, like, I definitely noticed that. Like, it's it's really predominantly male drivers who do that to me, who are just like who get so irritated when I pass them, especially when I'm sort of like leisurely passing. Like with my kid on the back and yeah. just like having some fun. It's just like the fury. Yeah. And comes if out. you're
2: wearing a dress, that, that, like, mm. I, I find that wearing a dress, like, seems to oh, a, exacerbate the situation. Although, interestingly, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, I've experienced sort of the flip side of what you're talking about, Doug, which is that there are some guys who, you know, really, get off on stronger women mm. and there's a lot of like oh yeah and i think we had the nice legs uh <laughs> right. episode but like right. guys like oh yeah like yeah those legs you're strong <laughs> oh <my God>. strong <laughs> so you're a strong girl it's like how about it's you say like, nothing <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> so that's like that is something <sighs> that um that has been a theme at times so i hope you don't experience. Not that so too far. Much.
3: Not too much sexual harassment. Thankfully, like, though, I like to think that, like, I emit, like, a real anger about me. <laughs> like, I, I try to, like, move through the world with, like, a real, you know, don't fuck with me face. Um, not always successful. But I know, I, it's I know. Really it doesn't always doesn't work, always but work. it works
2: a lot of the time. <laughs>
3: well, what's hard is that I'm actually, like, unfortunately a really nice person. And so most of the time, if you catch me, like, and I'm not, like, don't have, like, my mask up, I'm just like, la, 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 like, enjoying myself. And I look way too friendly, so I have to, like, Well,
2: it see, up. this is what we want the world to be like, is a world in which you can ride down the street at a leisurely right, pace, happily. having fun with a smile on, yeah. and like just have that be normal, have that be life.
3: I mean, isn't that interesting though? Like, I'm just thinking about that. Like, it really does. I think that, like, a lot of us have, you know, grown up with sexual harassment and street harassment. Like, you do sort of feel like you can't seem like you're having fun or, or happy, like, as you walk or ride down the street because that almost, because you know, unfortunately, that invites comments, right? Like if you seem open or friendly or receptive in, in any way, which it sucks. And that is what's nice about being on the bike because I can be happy and playful and doing my thing and, and then just zoom off. And I think a lot about that with my daughter because my daughter is like the most friendly, kindest, smiliest kid in the world. And I hate to think that she's gonna have to temper that, right? Or like put her resting bitch face on in order to move through the world um, you know, unharassed.
1: It's funny that you mentioned resting bitch face because Mm. going back to the late 18th century and early 19th, I think there were studies by respected medical doctors about what they called bicycle face. Really? Which was basically for women who were riding, doctors, male doctors, of course, were warning about the dangers of bicycle face.
3: That's yeah, that hilarious. like all of these
1: physical problems that could arise from women they riding see what bicycles. Did bicycle
3: face was was I'm it gonna, was it like arresting? I should face? have
1: prepared this. I should have realized I that this it might was come something up.
3: Something like you're just not like, putting on the pleasantries, right? Like that you're able to like let that mask down for a second. Thank
1: you Google. Here is Bicycle Face, a 19th century health problem <laughs> made to scare women away from biking by Joseph Stromberg in Vox. Um and yeah, I think it was just this reaction to like women are finding their independence. Men didn't know what to do with it. And so we have to find some scientific reason, you know, so subconsciously like or not, to make the science assert what we believe, which is this must be bad for women.
0: I, w- yeah. I wonder if that's all. Do you guys know the car- the uh, comic bikey face? No. by Becca Wright I think that's yes. where she gets it yes. yeah, we'll maybe put a link in the show notes yeah. to her, her work she's great
1: but yeah, yeah so it was uh, described as usually flushed but sometimes pale often with lips more or less drawn and the beginning of dark shadows oh under the God. eyes and always with an expression of weariness so nothing that no <laughs> self-respecting woman any self-respecting woman would would want but yes exactly. this
3: must have been like right around the same time that like the hysteria thing was oh, going yeah, on sure. and they were like, Oh, yeah, like, they would
0: totally cure your bicycle face with like some, some vibrator, vi- vibrating
3: yeah. device. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, they were, that's how vibrators were invented. It was literally like, Oh, we're going to cure h- your hysteria by.
2: Somewhere in the patent office is a bike vibrator from the late 100%. 19th century. Yeah. Right? Yeah. New,
1: new, new merch option for the Warren Car exactly. store. Right,
2: yeah. Reduces
3: bicycle face. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so much like machismo and aggression and misogyny that's just kind of like endemic to car culture Mm. little preview i've been working on this episode (laughs) this summer about muscle car clubs in new york city so and i'm following them all on instagram so i've been like really steeped in this kind of like quote unquote muscle car culture yeah there's so much misogynistic stuff embedded in all of these instagram posts it's pretty horrendous but i've been thinking a lot about like the extent to which the misogyny of car culture is like a symptom of just free-floating misogyny and mm-hmm. toxic masculinity in the culture or the extent to which like these car companies are also causing misogyny and mm. toxic masculinity. Like they have enormous marketing budgets. Their messages are everywhere. And especially if you're like you're a young man sure. and you're watching sports all day, you're getting the ads for Dodge Chargers and Hummer SUVs. Right. And like, how do we disentangle the toxic masculinity? Well, it from the car both, culture can be both.
3: Right. Like it's it's both that it's in the air and <laughs> that we breathe. Right. And it's in bike culture, too. And like the gatekeeping stuff we were talking about. Um, but yeah, like I'm just thinking out loud here. But, you know, it almost feels like car culture and the way that car companies advertise to men um, is like the adult version of like what sports do. To younger men, right? Like, so if you raise young men and you tell them the way to be a man is to, like, be aggressive, right? Like, to be violent towards other men or to demean women or to be aggressive and to be big and to be powerful. Um, when you're younger, that means, you know, playing sports and, you know, getting really aggressive on the playground or whatever it is. And then as you get older, maybe, like, those things are not an option to you anymore, right? And so, like, what are you going to do to show off and display your masculinity? Like, that's that's one of the like main options that you have right is buying a car that like you see as an extension of yourself and your and your masculinity right. and
0: maybe you don't have any other option or know of any other way to like express masculinity or all your ideas for what that is well, or- yeah
3: when our when our when our definition of masculinity is so narrow right like really it just means like not being feminine not being a woman <laughs> like anything that is you know not womanly is is masculine and so when you only have this like really narrow definition of how you can be a man, then like, yeah, like you're going to depend on consumerism and car culture and the the things that people or, uh, you know, beer and alcohol culture too, honestly, like anything that makes you feel big and tough and powerful. And I think in particular, like a lot of men and a lot of people in general feel Powerless right now, right, so like anything that you can glom onto that's gonna make you feel like you have some semblance of of power and control is gonna is gonna really mean something,
2: especially if it's something that you can that you can buy, yeah, like it's something that like if you have the buying power then you can have this, like that it's it's within your, it's it's, it's something that's clearly defined and and attainable, yeah.
3: Yeah, and I mean, really right now, I'm like, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but like, you know, it, it used to be they were really clear benchmarks for men um, in terms of like, what makes you a man? Oh, well, you're going to be a provider for your family and do these certain things. And those things are not really benchmarks in the way that they used to be. And so like, men are seeking out other answers you know and maybe sometimes that's car culture unfortunately for a lot of like young men i'm seeing it's like online on reddit that's Mm -hmm. like a whole other a whole other episode
1: you mentioned control also like as this defining piece Mm -hmm. of like traditional definitions of masculinity (laughs) and i think that's probably part of why drivers default to rage because they're sold this bill of goods right the car is the ultimate in freedom it's the ultimate in control you decide where you go when you go who goes with you but ultimately actually there's no control no it's the opposite of the feeling that you're talking about riding your e-bike where you're completely in control you're always on time you can leave when you want to it's fun you can just escape move around traffic and i think that is part of why the rage just so often defaults to stereotypical gendered like (coughs) homophobic language from drivers. It just goes right right there. It's, it's all about control and power assertion and they don't get any of it in a car, despite the evil looking, you know, headlights on their car. They're actually not, (laughs) they're not quite as evil as they might like to think. Yeah.
2: I would just like to say, I don't know if this is going to fit in anywhere, but I do want to say that women drivers suck also and that i don't know if like you know it's i i don't want it in any way shape or form to seem like you know you don't experience aggression from women drivers and i think that that sometimes women enjoy the power the same way that that we enjoy the freedom that bicycles give us women enjoy the power that they get from from cars and it allows them to sometimes act in ways that that they wouldn't but Any actuarial analysis will reveal that it is that men are much more, much, much, Mm much more dangerous drivers. As my dad would
0: remind me every time he paid my car insurance bill when I was like 17. It's just like, look how much you're costing me being a teen (laughs) male driver.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we live in Brooklyn we have relatively good bike infrastructure, at least Mm -hmm. by American standards that enable a lot of the trips that you're talking about, the school run, the work commute or that kind of stuff, how do we sort of meld the, the, the feminist issues with the transportation issues? Because the, the infrastructure enables Mm -hmm. people who wouldn't traditionally be out there riding like, right. The, the stereotypical New York city cyclist forever was like the male messenger with the bag and the chain lock slung over his shoulder and and now it's not. It's moms on e bikes. It's yeah. people of all ages and abilities. But lots of cities don't have that in America. Right. So how do you think we kind of meld these two? These are social movements, and they're related. How do we how do we meld them?
3: That's hard. I mean, because it is interesting. Like yeah, like I definitely see some moms like picking up their kids and stuff like that. But I mostly see dads. Like when I see parents picking up and dropping off kids on bikes, it's it's mostly dads. And I think that like there has to be some way. To make women feel more comfortable um, getting on bikes and to reduce some of that gatekeeping that's there, right? But I also do wonder, like as we were talking about subways and harassment and, and things like that, like I feel like it would be so smart of of cities to really like make that connection. Like, if you did make it easier for women to ride bikes and to get around the city in a different way, like they would be able to avoid a lot of the the bullshit that they face on public transportation or in cars you know what i mean like there Mm -hmm. is this connection there that i don't think a lot of people necessarily make
2: yeah and you know they say that when you've that you can tell when you've built good bike infrastructure Mm -hmm. because women use it
3: that's interesting yeah
2: and that and and women are sometimes spoken about in the planning world as an indicator species yeah. for healthy bicycle infrastructure because because they won't use it if it's not well right. made. That's wild. Yeah.
0: I mean, and when the bike infrastructure really gets good enough, then the kids can just take themselves places I mean, and wouldn't that the moms be nice? and the dads can just do what they have to do, do, whatever do whatever yeah, they and not be yeah. chauffeurs.
1: You know? The real freedom machine is when your kids can ride bikes by themselves safely. Oof, Absolutely. Yeah, that sure. would be amazing. For sure.
2: All right, that's it for this episode of The War on Cars. Thank you so much to Jessica Valenti for coming to the studio and talking with us about it. Thank you for having me.
1: Really glad you could be here. And other New York City media, Twitter people who ride (laughs) e-bikes, like this is how it happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
2: If you want to learn more about Jessica and her writing and her work, you can visit JessicaValenti.com. We'll put a link in the show notes.
1: Also, we have really big news. We are doing our first live show in New York City, which is really pretty awesome. It's gonna be on Tuesday, November 2nd at a venue called Caveat in Manhattan. We're gonna put a link in the show notes for tickets. Uh, They're $18 in advance, 22 at the door. If you can't make it, there is going to be live stream access also for $10. So go to caveat.nyc to purchase tickets. Uh, or check out the link and just so everyone knows it is a fully vaxxed venue you have to show proof and you have to be masked i believe so we're taking unless
2: you're unless you're drinking the the beers you're definitely yeah, no going to be masks drinking
1: with holes in them for straws <laughs> for your cocktails that's not allowed yeah. uh yes you, you you will probably have a drink or two and, yeah. and yes have to take it off but you have to be you have to be vaxed. so we're really looking forward to that we'll put out more information including who our guests will be it should be a really fun night
0: And if you like what we're doing here, join the war effort. Go to thewaroncars.org, click support us, and pitch into our Patreon campaign. Starting at just $2 a month, you'll get access to special bonus episodes and all kinds of other exclusive benefits.
1: Thank you to our top Patreon supporters, the Law Office of Vaccaro and White in New York, Charlie G of Human Powered Law in Portland, Oregon, Huck and Elizabeth Finney, Drew
2: Rains, Virginia Baker, and James Doyle. You can pick up official War on Cars merchandise, including t-shirts, pins, and stickers, at our store at thewaroncars.org slash store. And remember,
0: listeners of The War on Cars can receive 20% off of the purchase of stylish rain gear for walking and cycling from our friends at Cleverhood, now through November 1st. Go to cleverhood.com slash and enter code BAN CARS at checkout. That's cleverhood.com slash war on cars. And the new code is BAN CARS. One word.
1: They're really going for it there. I yeah. like it. This episode was recorded by Josh Wilcox at the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. It was edited by Ali Lemer.
0: Our theme music is by Nathaniel Goodyear. Our logo is by Danny Finkel of Crucial D Design. I'm Aaron Knapperstack.
1: I'm Sarah Goodyear. I'm Doug Gordon. And this is the war on cars.